up, homies? Happy Friday, February 10th. Hopefully, you guys have some room within your betting bankroll to take a few shots at the NBA tonight because there's an 11-game slate. I was able to find three best bets, and I'm going to bounce all of them off of the homie, David Troy, um, returning for I don't even know how many times. Shouldn't even brought that up. David, what's up, buddy? How's it going, man? I uh, I was wondering that, too, how many... Uh... Not only how many times I've been here, but you mentioned about room in the bankroll for betting this with Super Bowl Sunday coming up. People might be not even uh, locked in on the NBA, but let's let's try and get them there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, there's, I mean, it's a great gambling weekend, even if you're not into the NBA, right? There's the full slate of college basketball Saturday. I am knee-deep into the Waste Management Phoenix Open, and then obviously the betting event of the year super bowl 2023 but me and you are huge into the nba so yeah i was gonna say that was really poor planning on somebody's part to have the super bowl and waste management the same weekend in arizona oh they're they're all about it like they're kind of leaning into it i'm pretty they want sh- that yeah hmm. yeah interesting okay well the scene the obviously the greater phoenix area definitely wants it right but oh well, yeah like I'm pretty sure the tournament is going to finish before the kickoff because like all these golfers want to watch the Super Bowl. Like they don't, they want to wrap yeah. that shit up, you know. So, yeah. um, I think it's like I think it's awesome, quite frankly. And like they also can just hang out with each other in the clubhouse and like drink beers just after golf. Like it's probably pretty yeah. sick from their perspective. Yeah, I guess I was more thinking like. Uh all the traffic and getting people around in Phoenix, like all that stuff, you know, all the congestion and everything. Most of the, most of the time these venues don't want to do things that are on the same weekend and stuff so that there aren't logistical issues and hotels and all that crap. But no, but you're probably right. TPC Scottsdale, the, the, the course for waste management Phoenix open has a sports book, like a big ass new oh. sports book that they fired up. So like, people are literally just going to walk from the course to yeah. the sports book and like make Super Bowl bets. And obviously they have sick TVs and shit. They'll just watch it there. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I didn't realize they had a sports book there. That's yeah. pretty cool then. Yeah. People are going to be just shit hammered by the time the Super oh, Bowl rolls sure. around. It's going to be sick yeah. actually. Uh, well, I mean for the people going, but yeah. I'm just in the comfort of my own home firing bets that shit i probably shouldn't <laughs> my podcast record dude is down to 37 37 and two now i went oh two and one on when was my last podcast i think it was wednesday excuse me um i whiffed with the 76ers plus four and a half who do they play uh I, jesus i don't even have it in front of me so sorry about that i um Whiffed with the over 220 and a half in the Mavericks Clippers game. And I, oh, the 76ers lost to the Celtics the other night. And I uh, chopped with the Portland Trailblazers minus three versus the Golden State Warriors because of a buzzer beating three by Clay Thompson that had nothing to do with anything except for ruining my bet. <laughs> so yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was a bad one for a lot of people. Yeah, I I was able to get it at two and a half, so I actually won on it anyways. But yeah, that was not not good. It was meaningless. 
With my bookie, I bet two and a half, and I bought it down to two, so I won. But my podcast record took an L, gotcha. and that's all that matters, really. Well, eh. well, in no. some ways. <laughs> I mean, I still have what like eighteen days to pay rent, so yeah. I mean, the most thing, yeah. the most important thing was my my podcast record in this case. Yeah, and all I the gotcha. people that followed me and actually bet the minus three probably just got pissed off hearing that like dude you won money on a loser and i was like ah my, well it's a chop it's a chop so that's where well, it, what it goes down in the uh record book i'm sorry what's i mean up? i was gonna just say unless you're talking about you know maybe plus money or some of this stuff the, the general rule of thumb is go find the best line that you can find and sure. shop around for for it if you're talking about something like you know I guess there's no no situation I can really think of that you wouldn't want the best line. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't know of a scenario where I mean, yeah. whether what other whatever side you're betting, you always want the best of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you, you know, you're not trying to tell somebody to go bet a minus one twenty if there's a minus one ten out there. You know, if it's a minus, you're, you're giving up three points. You're spending more juice. I don't know. I mean, you could get into the argument either way. Maybe I'm just trying to confuse myself a little bit more here because <laughs> I thought I had a point originally. Well, either way, I'm chopping that game with the podcast record. So got some more work to do. Frankly, this is the worst NBA betting year that I've had in like four or five years. Some of you guys are probably sick of hearing that. And I don't, I'm not like even down in the dumps on it. It's just kind of like, I don't know if you're playing the long game. I was due for some regression, I guess. And that's kind of what's hitting me this year. But I don't know. I just wake up every morning. I, I message you every morning. Like, yo, what are you looking at? I wake up every morning confident. <laughs> it doesn't. It really doesn't matter what happened the night before. I feel like Eli Manning after his fourth interception. Just like, hey, I'm going to throw four more if I need to. Like, I don't, like I'm going to figure this shit out. So, yeah. All right, I got three bets here. Um, the first one, well, we'll talk about the Sixers-Knicks real quick. I'm a Knicks fan. They're six-and-a-half-point underdogs, plus 210 on the money line at Philly. Do you have any action in that game? Do you care about it at all? What are you, what are you thinking? Uh, I don't have any action in it. I, I lean towards Philly covering this. I mean, they, they've been pretty good against the, um, the Knicks, so – I mean, they took care of business um, on the road in on Christmas. I guess they lost their last one to them just a couple days ago. But yeah, dude, they were know. down. They blew a twenty-point lead, I think. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember that. That was uh, a game I bet. Now that I think about it, because I was instantly thinking, I was like, they did do good against them, and then I realized they lost that game, and that was one that they got outscored eighteen to thirty-two in the fourth quarter. So. They could be pretty pissed here, come back and try and win it. Um, the line did move in favor of Philly the way that it probably should when they came home. They were minus four and a half on the road. Now they're minus six. They just came off a loss to the Celtics. Man, the big thing here is you got to make sure Embiid's playing. If he's not playing, don't play it. If he is playing, minus six is probably the only way I'd go. I'm starting to see some six and a halfs out here already. So uh, I'd stay off personally. If he's not playing, I would take the over for sure. I would lock in a bet on the over. It's because his him not being there hurts their defense, and they're going to end up speeding up the tempo and getting more looks to other yeah. players. Um, and, they, I mean, Tobias Harris and 
Tyrese Maxey essentially shot the 76ers out of the game against the Celtics the other night. I think they were combined like, this could be hyperbole. I think it was like five of 30. <laughs> like it was, they played so effing bad. Like I think yeah. Embiid and, and Harden combined for like 57 points and we're, they're, they're pretty good. And the reason that the, the Sixers lost is because of their, their role players, but the role players usually play better at home. So I'm expecting a better performance out of those guys. And if anything, I would like, I, I look to over the total here because if Embiid plays, then both teams get to the free throw line a shit ton. Um, the Knicks actually do a really good job of like offensive rebounds and putbacks, and the Sixers are low key not very good at rebounding. As weird as that sounds, so that's the only way I, I like to play it. Uh, next game, though, also seven o'clock standard Eastern Standard tip off: Indiana Pacers hosting the Phoenix Suns. Pacers are minus 140 on the money line, minus two and a half on the spread. I have to play it at minus two and a half now. I saw it at plus one last night at the Pacers, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to bet the Pacers. Um, But then I I fell asleep, woke up, and it's two and a half. So apparently some of the early sharp sharp money agrees with me. Um, I'm going to have to kind of chase some steam here and take the two and a half, but uh, I am going to lock that in as an official NBA hoops at lunch podcast play. Any thoughts on it? Uh, personally, I, I think for me, the only bet I would put on this one is the Suns in the first quarter. They're just not, I mean, the Pacers are just a bad first quarter team. They're the worst in the NBA. Suns coming off a of back to back. You're going to have the most energy at that point. Uh, Pacers, this isn't like a, a home stretch for them. They were just in Miami last time, so they're coming home too. So it's not like they have the advantage of having been in the gym the whole time. So my my lean there was just uh, to take the Suns in the first quarter. That probably will be an official pick for me. Um, I'm gonna do a a couple more checks into how Indiana has performed on these like one off road trips and then coming back home and seeing how they did in the first quarter on those, um, and then Phoenix in the back to backs, but. Uh, Devin Booker is supposed to play today, too. He didn't play last night. Yeah. So I, I think that's one thing that just kind of has me a little bit worried about uh, playing Indiana. But they should be fired up um, now that they got Durant coming to the team. Obviously, he's not on the team. But um, obviously, their depth is taking a little bit of a hit because Durant's not available to even play. And you traded away two of your rotation guys. Mikhail Bridges is... A lot better than people think. Um, and um, what's his face? Cam Johnson was playing pretty well. So now you're relying on Tory Craig, who literally cost them the cover against the Nets the other day. So you were on that, right? Sure was. <laughs> and uh, it was brutal, man. I'm, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, well, there's another turnover. There's like, <laughs> there was one play where they even talked about it. He like passed the ball, and you could tell as he was passing it. And I've been in this situation from playing basketball myself, but you could tell as he's passing, he's like, oh, shit. Like he tried to catch it as it was going out of his hands. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was just, and it resulted in a turnover. And I mean, it it ended up being like close to a one point game at some point or something. So, oh, well, but uh, yeah, that's the way I would look. Sorry. So first, uh, first quarter Phoenix and um, 
no play on the full game, but I do actually lean Phoenix instead of Indiana. No, it is a good point that that Indiana does suck in the first quarter. Um, but they're uh, a Phoenix. I'm I'm betting against them because a I think Tyrese hurt Halliburton's gonna eat Chris Paul's lunch. Frankly, um, he certainly should. Yeah, like Chris Paul is, you know, no disrespect to him. He's just old and he plays a really good game like once every couple of weeks at this point. And um, Tyrese Halliburton's going to be in the all-star game. I think he's got a lot of like just momentum um, personally. And um, the Indiana Pacers have been a, a feisty, tough team and they're a tough team to play on the second of a back-to-back because they play such a fast pace. And like, <clears throat> I think good teams don't expect much out of them. So when they have to like run to keep up with them, they're just like, Oh, these, these fucking guys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're paying the ass to deal with. And, and Phoenix is legitimately without like five rotational players. So one of them went, one of, one of which is Kevin Durant. So you can't, you can't really count it. Right. He hasn't played for them, but like Cam Johnson led their team and on off net rating. Mikhail Bridges is one of the best defensive wings in the league. They're still down Landry Shamit and Cameron Payne, which isn't a big deal, but it's like now you're going to – you're replacing Chris Paul with a G League player, right, pretty much. Some, someone who's not going to play a single minute of playoff action for the Phoenix Suns if they have their – if they have their way about – or if they, if, if, they, um, if they can do anything about that, you know? So – you're going to get like TJ McConnell going against like Dwayne Washington Jr. <laughs> TJ McConnell gives those guys good minutes. Now, I'm obviously not betting the does, Pacers yeah. because of TJ McConnell. It's again, it's mostly because of how fast Indiana plays. They are um, seven and two with a rest advantage this year. They got a plus 4.8 spread differential in those games. And I think it's because of what I just said, where it's just like, you're playing the second of a back-to-back, and these team, these guys are going to make you run. Like you got to uh-huh. keep up with them. They're just a, a pain in the ass. I do like your first quarter look because that is something I'm aware of how just terrible they are in the first quarter. But I think eventually the Pacers will will kind of run them out of the gym. So that's what yeah, I'm gonna... I, I I could see that. And just uh, an idea for a player prop is to look at Aiton. I was just looking at him here, and uh, this is something that I haven't seen very often, but um, Eaton is, for points, rebounds, and assists, over 33.5, which he's not going to get many assists, but he's been really doing well lately. I mean, he's, he's been playing very um, very much more like a, a real center, which you can't really say he's done for most of his career. Eaton? Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, he's been putting up a ton of points, but his line on DraftKings is 33 and a half and it's juiced to 130. But his line on uh, FanDuel for points, rebounds, and assists is juiced to the under at 35 and a half. So if he gets 34, you could hit him both. But I would uh, I would lean towards the over on his, his 33 and a half. I would not play the 35 and a half. It's just too, you know, you need one more bucket essentially, but still. Oh, uh, one of the, like, angles that I had in my in my Pacers Suns write up was that I thought Miles Turner could like negate or slash outplay D 
DeAndre Ayton, and then I was going to drill down a little deeper, and I did the player comparison to Stathead. I was like, mm-hmm. see, Miles Turner is actually having almost as good of a year as Ayton, and that's not true. So I was like, all right, well, forget that. <laughs> but it just by the eyeball test, it just looks like Ayton's not playing that well, or he, he didn't, a bad he didn't take a media. step forward. Well, and there's always that that crap that went on with him and Monty Williams. So I think a lot of people in their head, and I'm not accusing you of this, but a lot of people in their head like are just instantly thinking that he sucks because his coach doesn't like him or, or because they've yeah. you know clashed heads and stuff. But he's he's been playing really well. Like He's honestly the reason that the Suns didn't just lose every single game while Booker was out. So... Yeah, but he also went six of twenty against a weak ass Dallas front court yeah. and, and pissed away that game. And I'm obviously still mad about that one. So yeah. Um. No, I, I'm with you. I think it's mostly just like optics type thing. And I also think like the media loves Monty Williams. Monty Williams to be just a wonderful human. And if like him and DeAndre Ayton have a little bit of a beef and that's kind of all the media knows and they're just going to side with Monty Williams. So yeah, there, I can see that. that's a fair point, I guess. Um, Spurs Pistons. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just saying it out loud. Do you have anything? I actually do. I, I took the Pistons. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll only tell you why. I love it. I love it. Let's go here. here so Pistons Hold are, on. Being, are, are, I bet the Pistons that go over 32 and a half wins preseason Right, yeah. and you know how DraftKings issues all those all those fucking refunds. Are they going to issue me a refund? Because I bet the Pistons thinking oh, Cade yeah. Cunningham was going to be awesome, and Cade Cunningham played like fifteen games. So, what's up, DK? Where's where's yeah. where's my refund? Yeah, I think you're still going to be waiting for that one. But, <laughs> um, so the the only issue that I have with this one is that they they're missing Bagley and Noel and Wiseman which they just got yesterday, which isn't really a surprise that he's not going to be playing tonight. I'm assuming at least. Um, they already assigned him so, to the G League. Yeah. They actually said he's going to start, I think. I mean, so, I don't hate it as a flyer, but they oh, also pretty much did the exact same thing with Marvin Bagley. Like, that's pretty much the exact same. Yeah. Like that, but that's kind yeah. of like... They're taking a flyer. That's yeah, like the Detroit Pistons. Like we can't, yeah. like we can't sign anyone. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, just, yeah. we'll just hope that good teams gave up on players too fast. Like that's their goal. So, so I will say this has backfired on me a couple times this year, betting on teams like this. But uh, the Pistons have pretty much their same roster as they did a couple days ago. The Spurs have traded away uh, Jakob Pertle. They traded away a couple other guys, but they do not have Trey Jones tonight. They don't have. Uh, what's his name? So- Sachin, I don't know. Sohan, um, and then Kelton Johnson will be out. So those those are three people that are normally in their starting lineup that are not going to be there. Now some of these guys will step in and like you know do the Cam Thomas and score forty points or something and screw me over. But I think with the yeah. Pistons at home being there, you know neither one of these teams are really trying to win, but the Pistons do play hard enough. So. I like the Pistons in this one at minus five now. Um, it's already starting to creep up. One book has it at five. One book has it at five and a half. I, I took them at five, I, and I literally took them as we were uh, on this podcast. I just don't think the Spurs have enough, and I, I don't think they care enough to actually win. I just want you to know that I'm going to be there for you when Doug McDermott drops 50. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. He, when he goes 10 of 13 from three yeah. en route to yeah. a 50-point game. 
I'm have, going, my have, DMs have my will be open ready. for you, David. Have my tears my my tears ready to be caught. Breaking into the Super Bowl booze on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, wow, I, I didn't think we could talk about this game or that game. Yeah, it was quick. That was quick. Hornets Celtics, which is uh, part one of an ESPN primetime doubleheader, is the NBA? Are they trolling us? How? Why the they, fuck is the Charlotte Hornets in a primetime doubleheader? It's like well, you got the Super Bowl, you got Phoenix Waste Management Open, got a bunch of top twenty-five matchups in the NBA. Well, here's the Hornets. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a little surprised. I'm surprised it wasn't the Timberwolves Grizzlies game, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything in this one. Jason Tatum might not even play. This is going to be a, a complete shit show if Tatum doesn't play. I think you you maybe take a shot right now, maybe like a a half unit on the Hornets, but I I'm not touching them. I'll tell you what, Terry Rozier is my like reverse Tory Craig. He's, yeah. he's pretty much like Charlotte Cam Thomas for me, where it's like every time I bet on or against the Hornets, Terry yeah. Rozier makes or breaks my bet. If I bet against him, he'll hit a buzzer beater and go yeah. off for like 15 fourth quarter points. If yeah. I bet on them, he'll go like two of 13. It's just like, oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And it always like relies on him. So I have nothing in this game. Honestly, like I can't get on the right side of Celtics games regardless. It's they've pissed me off for the good last two years. And I actually like bought stock in them last year before they even like started playing well. I was like, I, I wouldn't because a lot of people were like jumping ship on them. I was like, no, even like slight rumblings of should we trade Jalen Brown? It's like, no, 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 no. You guys are tripping. Like you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine despite having that attitude, I haven't made any money off of them. And everyone's making money off the fucking Celtics. They piss me off so much. All right, I'm going to get mad talking about it. You got anything else on that one? No. All right. This is my uh, Spurs-Pistons game, but I'm going to bet the Raptors minus seven at home against the Utah Jazz. Um, The Raptors lost outright by three as two-and-a-half-point underdogs in Utah um, a couple weeks ago. But it just feels like the Raptors, I mean, they definitely bolstered their roster. They needed a big. They needed a guy in their starting lineup who would set screens, try to rebound, try to protect the rim, and not want the ball in their hands like, OG Ananobi, you do like the Spider-Man meme with like OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and even sometimes like Precious Achua gets in there. It's like, whoa, dude, it's like you're not even in this conversation. What are you doing yeah. dribbling the ball so much? But they have like four of those guys and like it's stupid, but like you need a screen setting rim protecting big. Like I am, I've never been about positionless basketball. I've always seen like the upside in guys like Andrew Bogut, Zaza, I hate Zaza Pachoya. Andrew Bogut, Kevon Looney, um, you know, like Luke yeah. Longley, like these fucking guys who were just like, they're gonna they're gonna give you a hard foul. You're not gonna really want to go into the paint on them, and they're gonna set a good hard screen. So yeah. I don't like. I think the Raptors are like investing in themselves, and I think the vibe in the locker room is pretty strong, and they're gonna at least. 
beat the brakes off the Jazz here. And I feel like the opposite is true for the Jazz, where it's kind of like they're 27 and 29. The West is wide open, and they didn't do – as a matter of fact, they were sellers at the deadline. We all know what's up. We all know why Danny Ainge took the job and his ultimate goal. It is just for that 14% chance they get Victor Wambanyama. That is all he's trying to do here. And the players aren't tanking. But, like, the vibe in the locker room, I think, is going to carry on to the court. And on top of that, like, the Raptors should own them in the possessions, in the battle of possessions. They did so in the first matchup. And the way these two teams play, they should in the second matchup. What do I mean by that is the Raptors are first in offensive turnover rate. They're first in defensive turnover rate. They're first, excuse me, they're top five in offensive rebounding rate. Utah Jazz poor defensive rebounding team. So Raptors are going to force a lot of turnovers. They're going to get out and transition off of those turnovers. They're going to get out and transition off of live rebounds. And they're also going to get putbacks on these live rebounds. So that's what I'm banking on here. Um, I think based on how Utah has played, how frankly disappointing the Raptors have been this year, they're four games under 500. I think most people are going to look at this game and be like, I, I want nothing to do with it. Minus seven is too much for the, the Raptors. Or if anything, they're going to talk themselves into the Jazz because the Jazz, I don't have the record in front of me. I can pull it up right now, but I'm I'm fairly confident they have a winning ATS record. Um, and they do. They're 30 and 26 ATS. So they've been making people money. Currently, according to VEASAN, 70% of the money is on the Jazz. So it's like the old adage, public dogs get slaughtered by sports books. Um, it's a big number, but I'm on it. I'll take the Raptors here. Okay. What do you think? Any thoughts? I, any pushback? I mean, the, the only thing I would say is I, I kind of had that same idea of like, is seven too many for the Raptors? This opened at a more reasonable, like five, five and a half, something like that. Um, and it's up to seven now. I wouldn't play the Jazz and... I will mention to everybody that uh, Jordan Clarkson could potentially be out for this one. Uh, I think they said it was an illness or something that he has. Um, This is also the first time that Utah has been on the road for longer than one game in over a month. So That was the other part of my analysis. They flew, I almost said across country, but to another country across the coast. And they played... Wednesday, like that's I don't know. They're probably gonna come in sluggish. That's why I said that's why I DM'd you this morning or last night. I think, like yeah. Toronto's first quarter, Toronto first half. That is a David play. You know what I mean? Because oh, sure. of the travel situation. Yeah. The only the only hesitation I have on it is Utah has actually been good in the first quarter um, against teams on their first game of a road trip. And now again, some of this stuff is like information as opposed to like the goal of actually predicting things. I would think in this one, the Raptors have the better team. They have more players that I I think are better. I mean, when you were just talking about the Raptors in general and how like kind of disappointing they've been, if you look at the Raptors lineup, like all five of them could arguably start on pretty much any team in the NBA, as opposed to some of these other guys, you know, some of these other teams, you're not going to start, Walker Kessler or Kelly Olynyk on every single team in the NBA. Like it, that's just not not how it works. But Siakam, Barnes, Ananubi, Trent, Van Vliet, they all like 
have legitimate shots to be a starter on on the majority of teams. So it's kind of weird that they didn't they aren't working out this year. They weren't working out really well last year. So maybe it's just a locker room thing or something. But um, now that they're all there and the trade deadline's gone and some of that stuff is gone, maybe the, the Raptors are either going to come out and destroy the Jazz or they're going to suck. There's almost no in-between to me on this. So they're either going to blow out the the Jazz or they're going to lose the game. And I, I would agree with you that I think uh, in this one they probably – win it, blow them out, second game at home. The Jazz actually lose a lot of those games overall on the first leg of the road trip. But, uh, I I mean, I, do I want to feel super comfortable about betting money on the Raptors at minus seven at home? Not really this year, but I do think this is the right spot for them. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I'm just not 100% sure that I'll, I'll play it or even give it out. So... That's kind of what pushed me towards the Raptors, frankly, is the uh, the sketchiness about the bet. And it's yeah. like also given that I'm losing this week and getting smacked and I need to kind of get it back. And it's kind of like typically when I look at games like this and like I'm playing from a hole, I'm kind of like, ah, I'm going to avoid this one. So like yeah. this one, all like because of that, I don't know. I'm like maybe I'm playing like forty chess against myself, or I'm like galaxy braining it, over overthinking it. But it's kind of like one of those things where it's like the the books are trying to scare you off of the Raptors. It is a big number, and quite frankly, there's a lot of arguments for why they do not deserve to be a seven point favorite in this spot. But I do think the arguments for them being a seven point favorite are stronger, especially the last point about it. It's like. Utah, like like Malik Beasley's pretty good. Jared Vanderbilt's awesome. He sent those guys away. Going back to the whole tank mode thing. No Conley. I hate Colin Sexton. I think he's a negative player, right? I think if Jordan Clarkson isn't scoring, I know he's a negative player. Walker Kessler is a rookie. I think Pascal Siakam is gonna hand Lori Markin in his shit, right? And then like I love I like Gary Trent Jr. So I don't know. I've already talked myself and Hopefully the listeners I, it, into it, but I'm I'm on the Raptors. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't really play Utah here, but I think you, like I said, I I don't think it's going to be a matter of like, oh, Utah and Toronto have a five point game. I think it's either going to be a blowout or the Jazz win it, yeah. and it, it's all going to depend on the Raptors. I I would have to say the Raptors at this point need to just kind of come together and be like, look, we can try and make the playoffs. Bulls suck. Some of these other teams suck. We could be the fifth or sixth seed at this point in the East. Let's like, let's just go for it. Yeah, I mean, so, they weren't good around this time last year, and they got rolling. So they they should be able to at least yeah. like kind of batten down the hatches, for lack of a better word. Um, I had one other point. I don't know why. I just thought, oh yeah, I guess the biggest concern is just like Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Market, and. Kelly Olynyk just going fuck it like down fifteen in the yeah. third and fourth and just chucking threes and like uh oh yeah. that could get that could get ugly if you have a Raptors minus seven ticket. Yeah, uh, like I said, I I think Clarkson probably misses it if if it goes with the same kind of uh, theme that it's been going with everything else. Like a lot of these guys who are ruled or or, or considered like game time decisions with illnesses same day that just kind of randomly pop up. Most of them don't play. So I do think Clarkson's out. And if you're losing Clarkson too, I mean, you're, you're losing a really good offensive player, but then you're stuck with Colin Sexton and 
Larry Markkinen, and they they were together with the Cavs and didn't do shit. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I I think I may actually end up getting with you on this one on and taking the Raptors at seven. I I don't know how much higher I could go though. Let me give you another bet. I'm actually gonna wait. I'm waiting on all of these because. I have to lock them in now for my podcast, but I'm waiting yeah, I before it. I bet them all personally because yeah, same here. I'm fading the public and all of them. Yeah. 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 Public might be more on Pistons. I don't know. I can, I can pull it up right I now. I did but. grab them already. That's what, that's the only reason I just mentioned it. Oh, okay. No, I was, I almost, I had my finger over the, the confirmed bet for all three of these. And I was like, wait a second. Like all the the money is against me on every one of them. Let's just maybe I get a better number, right? That's kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, obviously, I haven't talked about my third bet. Um, next game, though, I don't have a pick in the game, but I do want to talk about a specific player. I'm going to give out my first future on this podcast. Rockets, Heat, Heat are favored 12, minus 110. Do you have a play in this game? No, other than saying that I don't like the, the, the Heat ever given this many points understood i am going to bet bam out of bio to win defensive player of the year and it's going at seven to one right now in points bet which is another sponsor of this podcast nice. um so check them out oh like david said previously you should always be shopping around for the best number unfortunately DraftKings doesn't have a very good number they're only at plus 550 the two people ahead of him are Jaron Jackson, who's around minus 200, and Nick Claxton, who I think is about plus 200. I don't have anything really bad to say about them. I'm going to poke holes in their argument for Defensive Player of the Year because I have to, to like sell you the idea of Bam Adebayo winning it. But both of them are having great seasons, are phenomenal defensive players, and are team players I would want on my, on my team. But Bam Adebayo... For me, for the eyeball test, is clearly the best defensive player in the league, and he's pretty much modern day Kevin Garnett. This guy is fucking sensational. And now that he's adding offensive stuff to his game, like he is like, I don't want to get too hyperbolic, but it's like he's a top 15 basketball player in the league. Like he has to be. Like if you can play defense at that level, score 21 points per game on what is he shooting? 53% something like that like that is an all NBA guy maybe it's third team because wing is so stacked but I mean if you value defense as much as I do I think most basketball hoops handicappers do how can you like it's almost tough to leave him off the second team right but back to his defensive chops and this is anecdotal evidence um, I'll get into the more, I guess, just general stuff in a second. But if you remember last year in the first round against the Atlanta Hawks, that guy wiped out their entire pick and roll. Not the roll, man. Not the handler. The entire pick and roll. Like, it was crazy. Like, Trey Young, one of the best pick and roll players ever uh, in the league. Excuse me, not ever. One of the best pick and roll players. And he plays a lot of, does a lot of pick and roll action. Adebayo would just like creep up, like hedge on the screen. Trey Young would back up to try to get some room and Bam Adebayo would stalk him like 35 feet out from the basket, have his long ass arms spread out and just completely took Trey Young out of the game. And he couldn't even pass it over Bam Adebayo to 
at, at, when he backed up so much, he was actually too deep to even really throw it into a Clint Capella or John Collins. It was sensational. And he's healthy. So back to this year, he's healthy. He's played 50, 51 games this year. Um, I think the Heat have played what uh, probably 55. So he's missed a few, but in the grand scheme of things, he's been very, very healthy, right? The Miami Heat, what is their record right now? Um, I don't know if you have it in front of you. I'll pull it up. Pull it up. They're 30 and 25. They have no fucking business being 30 and 25. That that roster between their injuries, between their lack of talent, like it is really Eric Spolstra, Bam Adebayo, and Jimmy Butler just locking the f up. I like Tyler Hero, great scorer, a guy that I would love to have as like a six man on my team. But we know the Miami Heat are five games above five hundred because of their defense. And who is the anchor of that defense? It's clearly Bam Adebayo. So. Projecting this game, projecting their season forward, they have 27 games more, uh, 27 games left, excuse me. If we get to the end of the season, Miami is past the play-in, so let's say they're a five-seed, four-seed, and they're uh, quick math, 48 and would be 48 and 34, something like that. Is that is that is that my math right? Eighty two games, forty eight and thirty four, right? That would work, yeah. right? Uh, if they're if they're a few games above five hundred, right? I think people are gonna be like, how the hell are they gonna do that? And they're gonna or how the hell are they do that? And they're gonna land on Bam out of bio. Also, Jaron Jackson, and now this is where I gotta start poking holes in the arguments for the guys ahead of him. Jaron Jackson, currently the leader in the clubhouse for defensive player of the year, it's clear that Steven Adams is a huge part of that team. And the longer he's out, I think the 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 more they regress, right? Um Bam Adebayo plays 35 minutes per game. Jaron Jackson plays 27. Why? Cuz Jaron Jackson is always in foul trouble and that's part of defense. He's he also only gets 7 rebounds a game. The guy's a 6-11 big and now he's their primary big and he's only Grabbing seven boards a game. Bam out of Bayou, 10 rebounds a game. Cleaning up the glass is that is one of the biggest factors of, of, of great defense, right? And I think it's pretty clear. Like, yeah, Jaron Jackson's got the block stats. He's got the crazy, like, help side defense. But, like, he's not a better player by the eyeball test, a better defender than than, than Bam out of Bayou, I don't I don't think. Nick Claxton. Nick Claxton's a beast. I love that kid. I will say though, like there I think Brooklyn could A make the playoffs and be pretty good and be kind of surprising. But there also is a world where they struggle after those trades and they fall out of the playoff race or even go to the play-in, right? Nick Claxton's position in the market as second favorite to win the defensive player of the year was based on the fact that he was on Kevin Durant's team with Kyrie Irving. They were probably going to be a top three seed in the East. Kevin Durant was going to miss games, so you couldn't really give him any awards. So you got to give praise somewhere to Brooklyn. It was be like Nick Claxton having a great defensive year, which is true. But I think if the Nets take a step back, they follow the play-in, which is very, very likely not a given, then Bam Adebayo jumps him. Jaron Jackson... That could be a different story. He might even, for the most part, have the award locked up currently. He just has all that momentum. So it is a gamble, but dude, seven alone seven to one, I love it, to be honest. Like I really do. What do you what do you think? Well, 
first, I think, uh, just to clear it up for anybody who's listening, would you take it at five and a half if that's all that's available to you? Yeah, I talked myself into five and a half, and I was like, well, wait a second. Okay. They sponsor my podcast, but I don't have a, like, they're not holding a gun to my head. I could shop around. Oh, of course. Like, love DraftKings, but every other book has it at seven to one. (laughs) Like, like, do all your sports Super Bowl betting here at DraftKings. Bet this one somewhere else, guys. A points bet. Do points bet. Yeah. Nick uh, Nick Claxton is four and a half to one okay, at DraftKings right now. So um, I actually think there's a lot of room in the, the awards market to, to get value. Um, I I could see Adebayo doing it. I don't feel like he gets enough credit um, from anybody who watches them. Like Miami's kind of a big market, right? But like nobody talks about Miami. They're a boring team. Like, Memphis, everybody talks about because, you know, Ja blew up the entire West. But, uh, you know, it's they're, they're a team that has been getting a little bit more attention. And then I partially think whoever wrote that uh, stuff about Jaron Jackson Jr. and his, like, home road splits was, like, almost on his team to to try and keep the narrative going about, like, how good he has been. Because, obviously... He, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, obviously, like, people are going to look into it and try and see if there is some merit to somebody saying that, you know, the stat statistician is cheating for him and all this stuff. And that, you know, gets his name out there more, highlights get out there more. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they pulled some Kardashian crap and, like, leaked something to the press and let them, uh, or uh, leak something to some of these guys and tried to get his name out there. But anyway, I think it's almost a lock. I mean, we see teams do it all the time. It's it probably yeah. happened. So whatever. Yeah. So, um, I, I would still say he probably will win it. Um, you know, just on the current trajectory trajectory, but, uh, at probably in my opinion, the second best look out here. And if you're getting it at seven to one, even five to one, I think it's, it is a good value play. And that's a, that's what a lot of these futures need to be. Cause you can always hedge and stuff when you get later. I mean, imagine if Adebayo gets down to like, I don't know, two to one, that means Jackson will probably be closer to like 150 minus 150 or something yeah. like that. And then you can buy him. And so now you're going to either win your money back or you're going to win six units instead. So, Man, it's not always about winning the futures bet that you have. That's nice and all, but it's also about giving yourself an opportunity to win some money either way. And even if you bet two units on Jaron Jackson at that point, then you're, you know, if Adebayo wins, you're cutting in a little bit to your profit. But if if Jaron Jackson wins, then you're getting profit too. So, um, I wouldn't put money on Claxton personally. I don't. I don't think he's gonna do it. You, you agree with my argument, right? Where it's like Nets yeah. kind of just fall back and he. Yeah. I, I mean, they're not going to talk about the Nets much because there's just not anybody that exciting and, and that. But uh, I do think, you know, we could probably do an entire podcast on the awards market right now. Um, but I, I think there's a ton of them that are still available. Rookie of the year is probably the only one that's locked up. Um, I got I got Norman Powell plus 2,500 preseason to win uh Actually, I, I gave it out at a plus eleven hundred, but I got it through my book at yeah, plus twenty five hundred. Right now, he's plus three fifty. So, 
That's what I'm saying. I have Brogdon and Powell that I gave out, actually. So I have the two oh, favorites right oh, now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, so how about do? that? <laughs> Check race. All right, bro. Yeah. All right, you got me. All right. All right. Yeah, but, uh, but no, I mean. Two-thirds two of the season's through, right? It's a yeah. long list of possible players that could win the defensive player of the year. We're down to like three. I think it's really those three, right? The fourth guy in the list on DraftKings and going by right now, Brooke Lopez. Fifth guy, Giannis. It's like, it's you like, it's like when you, I think they, I think they cancel each other out. It's like the Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, yeah, you know Heisman stuff. I don't know if that's a, yeah, I don't know. I'm I trying, get, there's a political aspect. All right, yeah, yeah. Like OG Ananobi, no. Like, no, he's not defensive player of the year. Oh, he, I mean, he's been too injured lately, too. Yeah. Jared Allen, Evan Mobley are the next two. They're tied. Again, same difference. They're just going to yep. – how do you pick one or the other in this one? And um, so I do think it's really between Jaron Jackson, Claxton, and Bam Adebayo. And I think, like, the true number should be, like, Jackson minus 150, Claxton plus 350, or maybe plus 300 Nanobio, like plus 300, something like that. So, again, you can get seven okay. to one. Yeah. Uh, next game. Um, Got to get to the back to the game lines. <laughs> the Timberwolves Grizzlies. I'm passing on this one. I uh, got waxed at the Timberwolves the other night against the Nuggets. I They just didn't have it. And I actually like this matchup for the Timberwolves typically. But they traded D'Angelo Russell. And I don't like D'Angelo Russell, but for whatever reason, D'Angelo Russell balls the fuck out against John Morant. Like, you look at their head-to-head numbers, and there's no argument. D'Angelo Russell outplays John Morant almost every single game. Like, it's it's just kind of one of those things. Like, I'm not saying who's a better player. I, I Actually, I will say John Morant is a much, much, much better player. Much rather have him, but like, D'Angelo Russell gives him the business. So him not being there anymore, like, is going to hurt their offense. I think in this particular spot, like, I love Anthony Edwards. I'm anti-Grizzlies and how they're trending, especially without Steven Adams. But they're so awesome at home. I I, I just – and du- the Timberwolves put up such a dud last time. I, I'm off of it, honestly. What, what do you think? So the last game the Timberwolves had actually was uh, against the Jazz, and they won that. Oh, okay. Pretty easily. They, that was a back-to-back. And it was I the game before that, after, the Nuggets one, right? Yeah. They were yeah, down 49-19 at the end of the first quarter. It, it, yeah, it was absurd. <laughs> I mean, it was like they were never even in it. But, I didn't show uh, up. In fact, I think last time we were on the podcast, I was, we were both talking about how, like, the, the schedule for the Timberwolves was going to be really weird. They were playing the Nuggets on a back-to-back, and the Nuggets were going to arrest people. And I... I actually had that one right. That was a client play. We got them. And then I did not bet on the Timberwolves because it opened at six. And then the next time I looked, I think it was like nine or whatever. And I, I just backed off it. Obviously it didn't matter, but um, the nuggets killed them. And then the next night I was like, it seems like after you lose that badly, you want to come back and like prove something. And then the trade deadline happened, and there were so many things, and I was like, well, I'll back off of it. And that's kind of how I feel on this game, too. Like, I don't know if Connolly's playing. I don't know if Kyle Anderson's playing. I don't know if Gobert's playing. Those are three guys in their starting lineup. So it's really hard to back the Timberwolves here, but I actually think they, they would be the right side again in this one. 
um, with the points at least. Uh, Memphis is kind of that team that the Timberwolves want to be. And they're, last year, D'Angelo Russell made a huge difference for the Timberwolves. This year it seems like he was a problem for them. And now that he's gone, I feel like people may be happier in the locker room and stuff, so they may be playing a little bit better. Uh, it's just there's, there's too many question marks for me in this one, so I'll set it out. Yeah, I, I agree with you moving forward. I just think in this spot, it's like, yeah, can we give you guys the Angel Russell tomorrow? Can we just have him for <laughs> this game? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. he would, I don't know. And he, he's just, that guy is so weird. His whole career, his whole player profile is weird. Like, I don't know if you paid attention to the Timberwolves Warriors game. He pretty much single-handedly beat the Warriors. <laughs> like he yeah. was stupid. Well, like he, like teams that he hates, he just like he tries. I mean, he's a good. There's no denying he's a good player. But I also was noticing this, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. But Timberwolves have played 58 games already, and Memphis has only played 54. So I'm starting to kind of notice some of these things about these teams too. Some of them are going to be playing a lot more like back-to-back and three and Mm -hmm. fours, five and seven night kind of things. Mm -hmm. So that's something to keep an eye out for when you're betting, just so that you can see like who's rested, who isn't. Um, Four games isn't like a ton of difference, but that's enough that, you Mm -hmm. know, in the back half of the season, I think it all ends within, what is it? It ends at the end of March or is it the end of April? It's beginning of April or middle of April, I think. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But either way, you're talking about, you know, a couple months left and some teams have to make up way more games than other people. So. All right, dude, next game. Sure. Cavs Pelicans, uh, Cavs favorite three money line plus plus one thirty. Pelicans minus minus one fifty. Cavs. I'm on the Pelicans here plus three. Um, I think Brandon Ingram's return to the lineup makes all the difference. He's averaging 30 points per game. We saw them struggle a little bit without him last year. We saw them struggle a lot without him and Zion recently. They lost 10 games from like the middle of January to the beginning of February, but they look a lot better with Brandon Ingram. He's one of the elite scorers in the NBA, and maybe you disagree here. I think a lot of people would. I actually think he's the best player on the court. I'm I'm not a Donovan Mitchell guy. Um, really never have been. He's been. He's actually been really well, uh, played really well this year, so I don't want to talk too much shit about him, but I'll take Ingram over him. Um, the Cavaliers are, this is according to cleaningglass.com, 1-7 straight up on the road versus teams with a top 10 um, net rating. The Pelicans are ninth in net rating. Now, this team has tailed off a lot, right? Like, they were, I think, first or second in net rating for the first couple months. And, like I said, they lost 10 games straight from the middle of January to the beginning of February. But they're starting to get back into their groove. And if you remember, I think they ascended to a top 10 to 15 team last year entering the playoffs. Do you you agree? Is that that too? It's, uh, I mean, actually, it was after their, like, I wouldn't say a top 10 team the whole year, but after their initial like huge losing streak in the beginning of the year, yeah, they, they played really one well and 12. the rest of the way. Yeah. yeah. They played really well. And you're absolutely right about Ingram coming back. He makes a huge difference for them. So they took the Suns, so what, anybody. six or seven? I think it was 
five, but it could have been six. I'm not sure. I can look it up, but uh, I, I think it was five. I'm pretty sure it was six. Either way, uh, what I'm getting at is like the Pelicans aren't as good as they were in the beginning of the year when they had Zion, when they had Ingram, right? And they, But they are definitely not as good as or as bad as they were without Ingram, right? So I think they're closer to the team that entered the playoffs last year. And to me, that team shouldn't be an underdog at home against Cleveland. That's that's the nuts and bolts of my handicap here. I like Jared Allen. I like Evan Mobley as like a role player. I you know what? I just like the Cavs roster. But are they are they that much better than the Pelicans where they're laying three on the road? I I can't get there to be honest. And the Cavs, they're six and two straight up and against the spread over the last eight games. Looking really good. I think they're first in adjusted net rating over that span, according to cleanthinglass.com. They have a they have a four game winning streak right now. They beat the shit ass Pistons, the Wizards, who were red hot but cooled off immediately, like really, really quick. Pretty much for that game against the Cavaliers. They beat a sub-500 Pacers team, which sometimes plays really well, sometimes plays like shit. And then they beat the Grizzlies, who were missing both Jaron Jackson and Steven Adams for that game. Their other two wins were against the Clippers. They beat them by 30 because no Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George. And they beat the Rockets, who are clearly tanking. Like, obviously tanking, right? So, like, their six wins aren't that good. And, I mean, again, just the, the bottom line is I, I don't think they should be three-point favorites in New Orleans. So I'm, I'll take the three. Yeah, I'm actually with you on it. I, I like the Pelicans in this too. I mean, home dogs have done very well in the NBA this year, but it's not just that. It's If you look at their, their last game, there was no Ingram in it, and they lost by 10. Uh, the Pelicans lost by 10 on the road. Mm-hmm. They won three, or they won two of the four quarters. One of them they pushed, so they both scored thirty-one in the third quarter. They were outscored by thirteen in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And so you're talking about they had a three-point lead going in. They just Pelicans kind of, I guess, I guess you could say they just kind of collapsed on it. But um, well, it's the like the fourth quarter. It's like you kind of. You run out of moves. Your best guy is going to fucking score. And it's like Brandon Ingram, when your offense is in a rut, it's like, okay, get it to him in the wing. Let him shoot a contested mid-range jumper and it's going down type thing. Yeah. Once you take that off the court, it's like, yeah, the, the Cavs are always going to smoke them in the fourth quarter. It makes perfect sense to me, right? Yep. And that was the first game of their big losing streak as well. So, I don't know. I I. I would agree with you. I wouldn't say that I have a ton of confidence in the play, but I, I think that the right side is the Pelicans in this one. Fair enough. All right, we got to power through here because we've been yep. grinding for 55 <laughs> minutes here. Still got three games, all of which I'm kind of interested in, but I don't have action in yeah. either one. Thunder at Trailblazers. Trailblazers minus three. Uh, I like both teams, frankly. More as like a kind of like a, like I like SGA and I like Dame Lillard, but I'm not going to bet either side of this. If anything, I, I'd probably just take the points of the Thunder just because I think they're a pain in the ass, and Portland Trailblazers are a bit of a finesse team. If their jump shots aren't going down, if, if Dame Lillard isn't just balling the F out, like, I mean, the Thunder are probably better at all the other stuff, right? So, 
Yeah, this is actually kind of a big game for the Thunder in some ways because Portland's in the 10th spot and they're a half game behind them right now. So if the Thunder actually want to try and make the playoffs or the play-in tournament, they should want to win against teams like this. Um, you saw them play hard against you know the Lakers the other day, but um, the only the only thing is I I think I, if everyone was healthy, I probably or everyone was playing, I think you take the Trailblazers. Obviously, it wouldn't be at minus three, but there's way too many people on Portland that just are question marks right now. You got Thibel and Reddish are probably not going to be playing because I don't even think they'll be there and the you know the physicals and everything that everybody has to go through when you get traded, all that stuff. Nurkic is out. Winslow's out. Gary Payton Jr.'s gone. Uh, so, you know, I'm starting to get to that point where it's like, well, who's actually going to be available for Portland? Oklahoma City didn't make those same trades, except for Mike Scala, I think, was the only one that they got rid of. And he, he's a good backup, and he can put some points up. So, but the whole... I, I'm going to stay off. Sorry, might have mean cut No, go ahead, go ahead. No, so, like, the whole who does Portland have available to them kind of... Like as a pro Portland argument, because Dame Willard's probably seen it like that. Like, oh, down guys, I gotta step it up. <laughs> it's like, uh oh, like that's that. That is like, again, it's kind of like maybe slightly coin flippy, but it's like if he go, like he could go for fifty. <laughs> why not? Like, why yeah, not? I'm right? Man. Like, I don't, any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma City they play really good on ball defense, but their defense isn't that good. Not to the point where Dame can't light their asses up, especially at home, especially Friday night. Like, I got no one playing. Everyone's looking at me. Like, I'll fucking light. I'm gonna light SGA up tonight. Whatever. Like that's that's kind yeah. of I think, and I'm with you on the whole Nurkic thing. Kind of like. He's pretty good, but he's also not very good. And like right. him not being on the floor, it's also it's kind of like, well, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard, they get more touches, and that's probably better. Actually, that mm-hmm. that actually would I think that is better than having to get Nurkic his love because I mean he is an offensive first guy. So if he's out there, you do got to give him some touches, right? He's got to he's got to be in the flow of the game, or he's just gonna he's just gonna check out mentally. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. I just I don't have a good enough feeling for who to take in this one, unfortunately. So I'll I'll lay off of it. But my initial reaction when I looked at the line was like, Portland should be more than a three point favorite against Oklahoma City. And then the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, ah, eh, it's hard to tell because it is possible Oklahoma City could really want to try and win this one. Um, you know, Portland. Let's see. Do they have an, they they have another home game after this, so they'll be fine. Oklahoma City is headed home after this as well. I'll yeah, say I, this: I, I think like it. it's a great live betting opportunity, and just take yeah. the underdog whenever someone goes down double digits, because both yeah, teams oh, attack sure. the rim. Portland goes into effort mode and will chuck threes, and they can get back in the game fast. Um, the the Thunder with SGA can just get to the line at will. So if they're just like are too square. We're putting our head down and getting fouls. Like they could do it. Right. So if like, if like the thunder are down 15 or Portland's down 15, you can get like plus six and a half at plus plus one thirty. Like I would take that type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. uh, Dallas can't Dallas Mavericks, Sacramento Kings, Dallas getting four points. Probably, uh, it looks like Luke is questionable. Kyrie Luke Irving's... Luke not. He said he's unlikely to play. 
Okay, thanks. Thanks for clearing that. It makes sense because it was yeah. two and a half. Now it's four. They were uh, when we started this. Mavericks were actually minus one. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I, this is a pass for me. Just because Kyrie Irving's got that look in his face, he's laughing. Everyone seems to love him, and that offense actually looks sick. The other night, I don't know. It, it he's a little pain in the ass, but when he's when he's rolling, like. He, he just kind of want to stay out of his way, you know. Um, I've yeah. been ki- I'm kind of scarred from a loss that I took like two years ago when the Jazz were red hot and they went in and played Brooklyn in Brooklyn and they were missing like pretty much everyone except for Kyrie and Kyrie I think had like 28 points in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> it's just like yeah. oh god, this is what this um, mf'er does. I don't know, like, Sacramento can't play any defense. Like, he's going to get good looks against them all night. I don't want any part of it. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of moving pieces on it, so I, I probably am not going to play it either. I, I'd like Sacramento at home. Um, I don't know. I mean, Kyrie did look really good. The team looked good with him the other day. He's There's no doubt Kyrie's a hell of a basketball player, but... I, I have mentioned this on Twitter. I'm going to wait to see how this works out before I start to really bet on them because the Mavericks, just because they have Kyrie, Kyrie don't mean that their road woes won't continue, and they've sucked on the road this year. No, I agree. Um, I just I don't like the Kings enough to fade them here, to be honest, to, to, to fade the, uh, the Mavericks. So that's where I'm at here. Uh, hopefully you could shed some light on this game. Bucks at the Clippers. I'm probably going to end up on the Clippers like I always do, but I'm not going to give it out an official play. Clippers favored by two. Just lost 106 to 105 to Milwaukee. I think they blew a double digit lead in that game last week. Um, Milwaukee played last night in LA. Um, so same gym. They're obviously used to and comfortable at the sidelines. Currently, Giannis isn't on the injury report, and we're getting to the point where it's like, shit or get off the pot. It's a 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, so there's definitely time to add him to the injury report, but I think he's playing. Oh, and I just noticed Kawhi Leonard is not playing. You never, he's out, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm off this game. not going to touch it. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I mean, I think the line is saying that that the, the Bucks are not going to play Giannis tonight because I don't know how... I don't think the Clippers win this game if um, if Giannis plays. I mean, he had a big second half yesterday. Let me see how many minutes he actually played. Uh, 36 minutes. So, that's, I mean, that's pretty in line with what he normally plays. Um, it is a back-to-back, it, but it is the same gym. They didn't really have to travel, so it would be the same thing as if you, you know were playing at home for two games in a row. Uh, I actually prefer the Bucks in this game. This is their last game of the homestand. They can or the the road trip. They can just win this and go home. Um, I think. Let me double check that. I think so. Um, yeah. So yeah, they play Boston uh, Valentine's Day, so they got a nice little break. Yeah. So I mean, there's no reason to really re- rest Giannis here unless they're just like, oh well, we don't give a shit because we won. We've won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games in a row at this point. So they're they're hot. Um, I think you take Milwaukee in the points, and I, I think I probably will do it. 
Um, you talked their about with just, you. Yeah, the, the lineup's just not not going to stop here. I mean, you, you don't have Eric Gordon, so no, you, you're starting Terrence Mann at point guard. Reggie Jackson's gone. John Wall is gone. So who else do you have at point guard for the Clippers? Not that you necessarily need it or whatever, but no bones, have, no Luke yeah. Kennard, no yeah. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Bucks. Oh, screw it, I'm doing it. I'm with you. And also, the big thing is All Star break next week, which I think goes more into like their motivation for this game. It's like, hey, you get three days off for the next one. You're gonna get whatever five or six off at the end of the next week. Like, let's finish this first half strong here, right? Let's yeah. let's remind everyone we. Um, we won the championship two years ago when we could have went back to back if Middleton didn't get injured. I don't know whether or not that's true. Who knows? But I mean, they've won nine straight. I just don't think they take their foot off the gas. That's it. And I, and like, I'm with you. The line feels like Giannis sits. He's not on the injury report. Not even, yeah, not at all. I mean, that's not even a indication, which usually it's like probable, yeah, some I mean, bullshit it, reason, and it's not even that yet. Watch yeah, us refresh could, it though, and he's on. So yeah. you could you could get something at some point that says like, "Oh, Giannis is actually going to sit." Sorry, <laughs> but you know what it is actually. It might be a Middleton thing because Middleton he's still working through the injury stuff, and it was a second of a back to back for yeah. him, so he might he might be he's sitting. Not, yeah. But he's only been playing, I think, 20 minutes anyway, so I'm not worried. If he sits, fine. I, I don't care. They've played without him enough. They, you're either looking for him to win or just keep the game close, so I think that's reasonable. If if they had another game on the road, I think Giannis would sit. If they didn't have a game, what, what is it, Tuesday that they play yeah. next? It's a long I don't know. I mean, if you're not starting Giannis in this one, I think you, you know, not that they don't, they really give a shit, but... I think you're doing a pretty big disservice to the fans by not starting him. So it would just be I, like killing him. your momentum for kind of for I don't know for like a bitch reason. Like right, you got yeah. four days off. Like just yeah, you know, like they're without Kawhi Leonard. Maybe you go up twenty and you kind of rest. I don't yeah, know, maybe, and maybe, that maybe that's even the be- a way to look at this too is to take them in the first half. Is again energy in the first half on the back to back. So maybe maybe you just do it that way, and and you can see if the Bucks are up in the first half, they probably win the first. I would I would guess whoever wins the first half is going to win this game because if the Clippers are up relatively big, you probably say like, all right, we're just going to kind of coast through the end of this one and go home and focus on the Celtics. If the Bucks are up, they're probably going to be like, well, let's just finish it out because we're already winning and we can win our tenth game in a row. Huh. I'm with you. Is that it? All eleven games. In the book, I think so. Holy shit, we just did God's work. Damn straight. All right, man, good stuff. Um, my official plays are Pelicans plus three, Raptors minus seven, uh, Pacers minus two and a half. I'll ride with you on the Bucks plus two. So I got four plays and the future bet the uh, bet Bam Adebayo plus seven plus seven hundred to win NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Um, any official looks you're willing to give out here? Yeah, Pistons minus five. Uh, five and a half is fine, I guess. Um, I also will say Bucks money line at plus one ton. And gotcha. then 
you know, the other ones, I, I think I'm going to get with you on the Raptors. I may get with you on the Pelicans. And then Suns first quarter, money line. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that I had uh, shared today. Yeah, make sure to follow uh, me on, on Twitter because I might give out a – I might jump in on the Thunder Trailblazers if either team goes down double digits based on the aforementioned reasons. Where can people find you on Twitter? Or how? Yeah, I'm at uh, Future Prez 2024. Um, and then uh, you can find my stuff on Outkick and also at uh, beatenthebookie.com. Good stuff, and uh, I'll be back to talk to you guys next week, and and David most likely will too. So uh, peace out, and good luck with the Super Bowl, guys. Yeah, definitely.